Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Young F.A. Holmes. Ah. These niggas so scary, won't let them bury me. That's why I keep my 30, I shoot like Curry. And boy, I'm getting money, I'm getting money. Uh-huh. These niggas hilarious. All right, welcome back to Don V Fridays. Love, lovely Chris Weather in this 757. Drift, how you living, my boy? Pretty good. Uh, it's first time we're getting on the podcast after a loss, so it's going to be pretty interesting to, to, to discuss what went wrong, so uh, excited for that. Yeah, we got some things, got, definitely got some things to discuss. Um, Hokies went out to Morgantown, I got the ass. Listen, don't let that final score or what happened at the end of the game. Fool muff. Listen, we got our asses flexed down there. But before we get into all of that and we get into who shot Bob and all that, Spotify Green Room. It's a live audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to fans, insiders, and athletes in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, breakdown, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Um, you can start or join ongoing conversations. You can talk to, like I said, insiders. You can react to the biggest rumors, games, everything. It's live. It's rooms going live every day, every week. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app for free at the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join leagues, and um. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Like I say, come with your spiciest takes, man. Spotify Green Room. West Virginia, Virginia Tech Hokies went into uh, Morgantown, West Virginia last Saturday, and they left out of there with a 27 to 21 L. Caught the L train. Um, there was times where the offense looked like some high school shit. Let's call it all the way back. Being that shit looked nasty out there. Braxton Burmeister's 19 for 31 for 223 yards is the most – I don't even want to say it was deceiving because the numbers are where they are, but 
it was a still lot of fairly strain. low, still fairly low numbers for 31 passes, pass attempts. Right. Cause everything was five yards and in, uh, Caleb Smith had six catches for 51 yards. He was our leading receiver uh, for the day. And the offense, I'm not a person that gets into play calling too, too much. I'm not the play calling guy, uh, especially when you're dealing with injuries on your offensive line and you got uh, Silas Janzy and he gets injured early in the game with like an ankle injury or foot injury. And um, you got – Eighth year, seventh year, this motherfucker, 38 <laughs> Tyrell years Smith. old, Tyrell Smith playing right tackle, and he's getting penalties, a couple false start penalties, things of that nature. You know, when you got a seventh-year senior, seventh-year senior team captain, we could get into why he team captain or whatever the fuck, but it had nothing to do with his play on the field. But – when your seventh year senior is committing false starts on the road, you kind of gotta take that motherfucker out. And on the on the black shear touchdown run, Tyrell Smith was holding on that play. We just got away with it. Shout out to the referees on that one. Yeah, but, it's kind um, of a kind of a red flag if you're a seventh year senior and you're not on the first team. Yeah, like bro been at tech forever. He's been at Tech literally forever, and we and really need Silas Jansey back because they put Brock Hoffman in that right tackle like late in the game, and that shit was nasty. That sh- oh 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 <laughs> we but NFL scouts and all Virginia Tech fans learned that Brock Hoffman is no tackle. That's what yeah. we learned, and that's not his fault. That's not his fault that he was out there tackle injuries, lack of depth. All that shit reared this ugly head, and the shit was nasty offensively. What did you What did you see offensively? Uh, let's just start at the at the start of the game. So first drive when Virginia Tech's got the ball, there was a play. I think it was on second down. Braxton Burmeister was in the pocket on like a shotgun play, and he looked. I think to his like first read, and it was it wasn't open, and then he just pulled the ball down and tried to run, but the pocket wasn't mm-hmm. collapsing. Uh, pocket was wide open. Like, I think he should – well, I know for a fact he definitely should have stayed in the pocket and waited for receivers to come open, but he kind of just gave up on the play almost as soon as it started um, and put you know, put the Hokies in a hole. Ended up punting on that drive. Obviously, uh, West Virginia went up after that. But I think we said it on the podcast last week that if West Virginia gets out early on Tech, um, the defense can kind of keep them relevant in the game, but the offense might not – be might not be enough to uh to win the game so even with a gift from uh from west virginia at the end of the game the interception it's like how do we how do we still not uh capitalize on that and not to mention virginia tech lost this game by six points uh they went into halftime still not putting up any points they were inside of the five on west virginia uh failed on fourth down there and then if they could have gotten a field goal there, then they could have kicked a field goal at the end of the game. That would have tied it at 27. But, you know, it's all over the place. I think the offense in general is a major concern. Uh, I don't think the defense for West Virginia was really doing anything crazy. I think they just kept Burmeister in the pocket and uh, we, couldn't, yeah. we couldn't throw it down the field. I think that was the biggest thing. The book is out. The book is out. Uh, 
any Virginia Tech fan with a brain knew what our offense was, but you know, you got you gotta lie and Fuente gotta say shit like I feel comfortable throwing the ball and all this other shit. But everybody, all Virginia Tech fans knew that okay, if we are forced to throw the ball from the pocket and Braxton Burmeister can't run, we don't have an offense. And yeah. we knew losing Khalil Herbert and Christian Darasaw and Doug Nestor, who was actually graded out as the highest offensive lineman in that game. He plays for West Virginia now, for those who don't know. I think everybody does. He was graded out as the highest rated offensive lineman in that game, which is hilarious. But <laughs> you lose Doug Nestor and Hudson and you lose Janzy to injury. And which James you Mitchell, is, too. You lose James Mitchell, a, res, a weapon in the red zone. And what you have is a fucking mess on offense. And it never looked right. Uh, all of from the from the from the beginning draft to the final play where we eventually lost the game officially. Mm-hmm. The shit just didn't look right. Um everything short, everything screen passes. We yeah, I mean and it's it, an offense. Go ahead. It's frustrating that everything's short and screen passes because I feel like we have the wide receivers where we could attack the middle of the field more, but it's because of the quarterback situation and the play calling situation that they don't want to attack the middle of the field or deep at all. It seems like we're just throwing underneath passes all day long. Underneath passes all day long. And it's funny because Braxton Burmeister's first touchdown pass was to Tavion Robinson and he gave Tavion a chance and Tavion came down with the ball. Mm-hmm. So you got receivers that's capable of making plays, but then you got coaches that's afraid of the quarterback throwing the ball to these receivers unless they wide open and they scheme it, they scheme it up and the person's wide open on these RPOs or these play action shot plays. Right. And it's like Braxton's being coached. Like if you don't know, because Braxton Burmeister is also one of these quarterbacks that he got to see it to throw it. He don't do no right. anticipation throws. So if he don't see somebody wide open by himself, he is not throwing a bit. Uh, he is going to check it down. Or he's going to look to run. And this is why it's week. We're going into week four, and he's already banged up. He's already banged up. He's already been knocked around. And then it's fourth and one. You're running Burmeister between the tackles, and you got Blumrick. I don't have a problem with the play call. I got a problem with the personnel. Yeah. Because you got a quarterback who was damn near concussed last week, and you're trying to run him up between the tackles, and you got Blumrick on the side. If you if you're gonna run that same play with Blumrick and we don't get it, then fuck it. Maybe they were just better than us on that play. But I don't think they had the proper personnel out there for some of these play calls. Yeah. Uh, definitely seems like they're trying to keep Burmeister up and that's why they're not running the ball with him as much. I saw a lot of people concerned about why they're not uh, having Burmeister pull the ball on options and stuff like that. I think it's because they're scared of losing him, right? If I mean, I feel like if he goes down, I think the staff knows that the offense is going to get much worse and they can't afford that. Um, whereas I think last year they didn't put as much stock into the starting quarterback and they just killed Hennon Hooker because they were fine with Burmeister coming in or they were fine with Quincy Patterson coming in. But now I don't think they have that sort of leeway with Blumrick or Knox Cadams. So uh, they're going to try and keep Burmeister upright. And I think that's going to hurt the offense too, because they can't run as efficiently. 
And the crazy thing is, and we're going to keep it all the way a band, and I haven't seen Blumrick throw one pass. Yeah, I don't think Blumrick can throw. I still think the offense is the same if he was a starting quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Because it's not like he's making any. What the fuck does Burmeister do that's special? I've, the only thing I've seen him really do uh, that's off script is just extending the play outside of the pocket. The the only play that I really enjoyed, I thought that was a good play, was uh, against North Carolina, the touchdown to James Mitchell. When you pointed it out the other week that you didn't think that ball was going to James Mitchell, but when he like rolled out of the pocket and hit Mitchell for a touchdown, um, I thought that was a decent play. I don't know if Blumert can make that, but I feel like that's only like one or two plays that we could find. You know what I mean? I just think in 2021, with all this offensive innovation, and the game has evolved a lot from when I was watching it coming well, up. Yeah. Your offense in 2021 cannot be dog shit. It can't be you getting production off. You got you got half a scrambling quarterback and a decent little you got a decent scramble game. And that's mm-hmm. our offense. Like, our plays come from Braxton Burmeister just looking to scramble because that shit – that was some shit that worked in the mid-2000s with Tyrod when defensive tackles was, like, running five flat 40s. Yeah, and linebackers, linebackers were slow Yeah, like, that could kind of – and even that wasn't, like, a sustainable offense either. Tyrod had to develop as a passer, which he did because he was a five-star quarterback. Mm-hmm. But – your offense can't be this broken shit. And I know people say Johnny Manziel, them motherfuckers had NFL receivers, NFL offensive line. Johnny was just a dumb fuck. He just did what the fuck he wanted to do. If he played yeah. within the structure of the offense, Texas a and would have won more. It just wouldn't look this fun. Yeah, but, I, don't, I don't like the Johnny football comparison. I think it's just – I think it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it's kind of, it's an outlier. Like, don't con- don't try to make up for the offense by saying that Johnny football did it and it worked. Yeah, because Burmeister is no Johnny football. And one thing Johnny football did do, even when he was running around and shit, he gave his, he gave his receivers a chance. Now, albeit he did have Mike Evans and uh, Ryan Swope that people don't, people need to put some respect on Ryan Swope's name. That dude was nice. He had receivers, but he gave him a chance too. So, yeah, I mean, I this, o- this offense just feels like uh, they're they're just trying to not make a mistake. And they're trying to game right. manage, not make a mistake, and that's all they want to do. Um, and they want to yeah. control they- the clock, control the game with the defense, and then just. I mean, you know, and and it shows up on the stat sheet. Virginia Tech has zero turnovers. They won the turnover battle. Uh, won the right. first down battle. They had more first downs than West Virginia had first downs. But when you're playing to not lose the game, you're going to lose the game. And there's no innovation from the offense. There's no attacking downfield. And I think now in this day and age, you have to have that. I mean, how many fucking yards did Brandon Armstrong throw last week? Like 560, something crazy like that. Like he Virginia, Virginia is throwing like that. Virginia is throwing the football astronomically better than Virginia Tech right now. Not even close. UVA is out there cutting that bitch loose. And we have better and receivers, too, than them. That's to be determined. But we do have receivers. I think so. And I'm not one of these. 
fire Cornelson people. I have not been a fire Cornelson person. I'm a fire Fuente person because you got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because if you fire Cornelson and you promote, um, I don't know, Jafar Williams to call plays, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, or Lechenberg. Yeah, or Lechenberg or whoever. Because you're not going to bring in, uh, I'm trying to think of an offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien to come in <laughs> and install some new shit. He's going to, whoever they bring in, let's say, let's say they do bring in somebody from the outside. He ain't about to install no new shit. Yeah. I mean, let's it's all be, be honest. He's, he, he, Fuente's in year six, and we've seen uh, as much as we've seen from him. Does anybody really believe that he's going to fire Cornelson and pick somebody that runs a different scheme and then actually implement that? I feel like he's yeah, just he's not, not. He's not doing that. That's why Jerry Keel got the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Jerry Keel was like, "What the? What is going on right here? Oh no, no, no! Let me go on the TCU, get another bag." What people need to realize is no matter how much you might argue with the play calls, if Brad Cornelson was doing something he wasn't supposed to have been doing, he would have been got fired. Fuente, yes. what, what people need to realize is Justin Fuente wears a headset too. He hears all them calls. He knows what the coaches are saying. Fuente yeah, he's on, he's on is board okay with and all that shit. Yes, he's on board with all that shit. So when people say Justin Fuente needs to call the plays. What have you seen make you think we need to let that happen? Because he just scripted up some fire-ass uh, opening scripts in big games. Not every game. Yeah. In big games where he got nine months to prepare this motherfucker's Batman of Virginia Tech. If you give him time to prepare, he's <laughs> the most awesome coach in the world. But if you give him one week versus Middle Tennessee State, I ain't got shit for you. Come mm-hmm. on, man. There's no there there is no evidence at Virginia Tech of man Fuente called a hell of a game, not a hell of a script for one right. drive. Right. People and, need to ki- kill that shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for, for all the Virginia Tech fans, go back and watch the North Carolina game. Like once the offense got off script, we couldn't score anymore. Like it was right. those it was those first two drives, go up 14-0, and we scored three points the rest of the game. Right. And it take us six months to get that? It takes six months. It takes this motherfucker six months. He 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 goes into his dungeon or wherever. And we don't see this motherfucker for months. We don't see a spring game. We don't see, you know, we don't got no a lot of media access. There's no open practices and things. So he hides everything for months and months and months to give us this fire ass opening script. And the offense still be the same every year. Right. And people say fire Brad Cornelson. Let me let I'm gonna let motherfuckers in on the news flash. And I'm not a I'm not a Cornelson fan. I, I think he should go with Fuente. Uh if you're gonna if you're gonna be firing people, um these motherfuckers, nobody's getting fired, by the way. But if you're <laughs> gonna fire people, fire the coach. Because the OC is not the problem. But right. we're calling this shit. At the goal line, the reason why we walk away with zero points and all these attempts from the four-yard line is because you got your best center playing right tackle. He can't block the person in front of him. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a team-building problem. Once you have a defensive end wrecking your game, you can't call shit. 
you got to call rollouts and screens because you can't pass protect. Number 10, I won't put some respect on his name, but I don't know it. But number 10, sack Burmeister, what, five times or some crazy shit? Uh, I believe it was, I think it was four, something like that. Let me he hit him a lot. <laughs> More than he should have. It don't matter. He, two, two is enough. <laughs> I think it was three. Uh, Jared, Bar- Jared Bartell. Jared Bartell wrecked the game. I don't give a fuck who you bring in to call plays. If you can't block, it don't matter. So when so when you're dealing with that, and Braxton Burmeister's getting sacked six times by the West Virginia team, not by that one dude. I think he was sacked six times. Five in the second half for some crazy shit. Once you got shit like that going on, it changes how you call plays. I don't give a fuck if you bring in Lincoln Riley to call plays. If they yeah. can't block, your scheme goes to shit. So that's I don't put this on corn. I know people gonna be like, oh no, I don't put this on corn. You're calling rollouts to the right because you can't block the right side of the line. You had Caden Moore, he was struggling. You had Salas Jansy Hurt, you had Brock Hoffman, you had Johnny Jordan at center. The right side of the offensive line was fucking suffering out there. You had Tyrell Smith committing penalties. As a fucking 26-year-old. As a 26-year-old. This man about <laughs> to get a pension from VT. <laughs> That's going to affect play calling. I don't put this one on. I do not. If, if I'm going to blame the offense, it's a lot of blame to go around. Braxton Burmeister was looking hella fucking mid. Do not let the numbers fool you. Yeah. And he left a lot of throws out there. He left a lot of plays out there. The infamous Tavion Robinson catch, a non-catch. He was by himself in the end zone. He was by himself. Why is he even diving? Mm-hmm. Why is he even in a position where he got to scoop that bitch off the turf? Now, people say that ball got tipped. It shouldn't have been tipped because it should have been fucking thrown. He yeah. was open. He was by himself. Braxton did not throw it until he saw it. Right. And at the same time, uh, you know, if you have a quarterback struggling like Braxton Burmeister, or if you're worried about the quarterback room, well, the solution for that is to have a better quarterback room. And we just lost two quarterbacks to the portal. And guess what? Both of them are doing pretty well, actually. So uh, Quincy Patterson's doing well out in uh, North Dakota State and Hennon Hooker's doing well this past weekend at Tennessee. So uh, who ran them out? You know, if you have Hennon Hooker or Quincy Patterson, do you score inside of the five on the last possession? I feel like you do more than more often than you don't. So you score, you score on that. You score on the Tavion Robinson play. And yeah, we got whole. And you score before half too. You pick up that fourth and one with Quincy Patterson. Yep. But what it come down to is. And I don't want to kill Braxton Burmeister. The ball was tipped, whatever, whatever. What I'm saying is, when you got a receiver that's wide, that's by himself, he shouldn't be diving for shit. Yep. But he, but Braxton threw the ball when he saw it. He didn't anticipate it. So what we have, what we have, people, is we have a early 2000s black quarterback. <laughs> playing quarterback. <laughs> Braxton Burmeister plays. He played quarterback like 
a black quarterback in like 2003. Like all the Michael Vick inspired quarterbacks in college football after 2001. That's yeah. how Braxton Burr might play in 2021. And the game is too sophisticated for that shit. Yeah. And then on top of that, the offense is not even really trying to attack. They're just trying to not make a mistake. Yes. Don't fuck up. Sit on the ball. Throw it to the dirt. Throw it to the sideline. Throw it to Caleb fucking Smith. Shout out to Caleb <laughs> Smith, bro. Come on, Davi Friday. Stay your story. I know, I know you come off like a villain on here, but shout out to you, bro. Six catches, 58 yards. You did your job. Yep. You did your job. Uh, defense, 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 defense. Because we can't let you motherfuckers off the hook, neither. Letty Brown, 80 yards, untouched. Dax, what planet were you on, my boy? <laughs> yeah, that was Dax's gap on that play, and he just missed it, and, and boom, right off the rip, down 7-0. But I think, you know, I think, I don't even think West Virginia did anything special on offense. And I think honestly, if you if a if a if a Big 12 team scores 27, okay, you should win. Like you should beat a Big 12 team that only scores 27 points. So uh I think the defense got screwed in some situations, but Dak Dax yeah. definitely missed that play. He he made up for it down down the line. Dax had a great second half. That was that that, that first half was Bad, but that quarterback Jared Dagey was not good. He was just like the quarterback we played last week. Yeah, he wasn't uh, good. What was the motherfucker we played last week? Dude, uh, he used to play for NC Bailey, State. Bailey Hoffman. He left Middle Tennessee State after that game. Like he left the program. <laughs> yeah, he's out. In fact, we played Bailey Hoffman again, like a quarterback that's not an athlete, not mobile, not gonna kill you with no deep, deep throws. He's just kind of, he's kind of ass, kind of accurate. Yeah, that's all Daggy did. He did the same shit. Like, okay, let me just, you know, take my layups and not fuck mm-hmm. it up, which he did fuck it up in the end. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I, he was like, let me speaking, take my layups. speaking of him fucking up the game at the end, I want to point this out because mm-hmm. this is hilarious. The uh, you know how ESPN has those like percentage win indicators where at like any given yes. time it'll it'll tell you the win probability of a team. Yeah. So on the on the drive where West right before he threw that interception, West Virginia's win probability was at 99.4, which is damn near almost as high as it can possibly be. He throws that interception, and when Virginia Tech is first in goal at the three-yard line, it shoots up to 57% that Virginia for that Virginia Tech wins the game. This is like Virginia Tech what had not been favored in the win probability since the opening kickoff after like before. The first touchdown. And this was the only time the rest of the game that Virginia Tech was favored in the win probability. And then it shot back down to 99% after three plays. <laughs> Which I yeah, think is just fucking hilarious. They looked, at that <laughs> offense. they looked at that offense on them a couple plays. They said, you know what? Nah. This <laughs> yeah. That shit was nasty as hell. But, but he he gave up. He gave him the game. Oh, yeah. But yeah shout, out, shout out the defense for at least making that play. And Jermaine Waller. Jermaine Waller's tied for first in the country with interceptions. He got three this year. So. Jermaine Waller is going to be spending NFL checks a year from now. And that's great. And I'm mm-hmm. and I'm happy for that. But let's get to the monkey shit. Because this is what we do. We tell truths on Don V Fridays. And when we lie... Live. When we live, we got to We got <laughs> Amari Barno. Barno, we love you. What the fuck, bro? Where you been at, bro? Two weeks, 
two straight weeks recorded zero stats. No tackles, no assisted tackles, Nothing. no fumble recoveries, no swatted passes, no QB hurries, zero stats. I feel like if you out there for four quarters, you can get pushed into a tackle. Yep. I mean, what, I, what's going on with Barno? Did we laugh? I don't know, man. I do, do you think it's do you think they're trying to use him to do something different than like you know how they changed his sort of like in the in the first game they 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 kind of spied him against Sam Howell and they Sam changed Howell watch. Yeah, he was on Sam Howell watch. They changed up his play style. I don't know if they've been changed up his play style and that's why he's like struggling or if he's just not the guy we thought he was. What what, what do you think? Cuz I'm kind of I'm kind of torn teams- on it. The teams, because the book out on his ass too, unfortunately, and the book is run at him. Um, he's not setting the edge, and he's not doing his thing in the run, in the run uh, stopping department. And maybe that makes him tired, wears him out where he don't got the gas to pass rush. Garbage mm-hmm. on the other side. Garbage been making plays. Yeah, he actually looks pretty good. Garbage, Garbage made the play. That gave us some life um, in the late third when he for, uh, got the sack and forced fumble. If mm-hmm. we can get, I said this before the season started on here and probably on Twitter too, that Barno had zero bag. And what I meant was everything you seen him do, even in that North Carolina game, was all effort, but he lacks technique. And maybe it probably gives up some size to some people, even though he's jacked as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of still small for a defensive end. He's big to a normal person, but yeah, he's thin. Yeah. So with no technique and no bag, he's just getting pushed around and he's not really doing much. Yeah. With with when he was on spy duty with Sam Howell. That's like, the only, like I feel like that's the only thing he can really do well. It's hunt. Yeah. See, see ball, get ball. But if you put a person in front of him, an obstacle in front of him, he's seeming to struggle. So. Yeah, I mean that's what they're gonna do. I haven't seen like I haven't seen him yet this year come around the edge on a pass set and sack the quarterback or force a fumble or do anything, get a pressure. Like I feel like his pressure numbers are low too. I just. I feel like his technique and his finesse moves on the edge are just – they haven't developed. We haven't seen, like, a step up yet. And, he like, he's not getting tackles either. I don't understand how you can play damn near not a even, full game and get a, and not get a tackle or an assist. Not getting tackles either. And you get – and they are dependent on – listen, this defense is going to go as far as Amari Barno takes them because eventually if this keeps up, now you double teaming garbage, and now quarterbacks got all day to throw. And I don't give a fuck if you got three Jermaine Wallers. They gonna mm-hmm. give it up, right? They they is go they giving the booty up if you can't get no pass rush. I don't give a fuck who you got. Uh, so as yeah, of I mean, now, that that offense, are looking like lads. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think it's I think it's definitely a concern for the defense. I think the defensive line, in terms of their pressure in general, is a problem. Uh, it didn't look like a problem week one because 
I think we all know now that North Carolina's offensive line is pretty terrible, and that's probably more of what it was rather than the defense getting being able to get pressure consistently. Yeah, and, and North Carolina had a crazy game plan coming into it where they was running RPOs and they yeah. was trying to figure out who they were instead of knowing, you know, what they are is Sam Howell, Josh Downs, and they got the best offense in the uh, ACC Coastal and just throw the numbers up. But right. whatever, mm-hmm. fuck them. They, you know, pack still in the air, mm-hmm. whatever. But um, the defense got their life together in the second half, which is, uh, you know, I want to give a shout out to Jay Ham and all that. But West Virginia also played not to win. They went into the second half with a 24 to 7 lead and was like, okay, you know. Yeah, we're going to chill. <laughs> we chilling. We're going to run Letty Brown. We're going to run the ball. We're going to protect the ball and get the fuck out of here with a, with a W. All they got in that second half was three points. Mm-hmm. So, the, well, the defense, y'all kept fighting. A lot of people said they kept fighting. They've been fighting. Yes, they did. They kept fighting. Uh, Jermaine Waller made a big play that should have won us the game had he pick six. Did. Uh, Garbutt made a big play with the forced fumble. They kept fighting. They kept fighting. They gave the offense a chance at the end. That's all you can ask for. But West Virginia wasn't trying to win that game. Mm-hmm. Because if West Virginia was trying to win that game, they would have kept running that one kid past Amani Chapman all game. Because that's what I would have kept doing. Like, he can't cover you. Run past him for the rest of the game. That's what I would have did. Yeah. Until, until, until adjustments were made. I'm not getting out of here with no 24-7 to 7 win. No. And we got a whole half to play. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Keep running past that 27. Hey, run past his ass again. Give me, give me two more of those. Then yes. we saw milk and clock. Exactly. I, I think the problem with this, with the defense, and that it's the problem with any defense, honestly. Like defensive backs aren't going to be able to cover forever, and if you can't get pressure consistently, like they're you're going to be able to mm-hmm. throw. So, our the the nightmare for this defense right now is to be playing down against a team that has a good quarterback and a good offensive line. It doesn't matter what the receivers are if they're trying to pass the ball and they can pass protect. Right. Then it like, I, like honestly, like no defense can compete, and that's why in this day and age, like offense is so critical because offenses can score versus anybody. And like if you don't have an offense that can keep up and put up points, you're not going to be able to win games. And I think that's the problem with this team: right. the offense isn't there. Game is too sophisticated. You got too many people scoring. This is not a yeah. game. This ain't the same game that it was 15 years ago where your defense, you know, scores suffocating people every week. Yeah. Even Nick Saban is in shootouts every week now. Even Nick Saban got outscored people. Yeah. And Bama has every in a like the that Bama defense got an NFL starter for all 32 teams. <laughs> yep, and they're st- and, and they still doing the same thing. And they have to outscore people. And they have to continue to put points up. Uh trying to hold the ball, possess the ball, had the ball from the other team. God be fucking man, go for Georgia Tech then. I mean, let me put it this way. What what team is doing that? At a, at, at a good level, like what team in the top 25 is holding the ball, playing to their defense, not playing to score, just playing to not like 
just trying to not make a mistake. Like what team is doing that? That's an elite team. Like nobody, that's not a strategy. No, nobody, no playoff team is doing that shit. Yeah. I don't even think anybody in the top 10, like that's, it's not a strategy that works anymore. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, a, it's an old strategy and it, it sucks that that is our strategy because if you look at the, if you look at the uh, stats for the team through three games, those are the stats for like one game and a good offense. Mm-hmm. Nobody right now on this team, on this offense, is shining right now. If you look at the numbers, and let's be let's be real for a second. This time be Fridays, we keep it real. Scouts look at numbers before they look at tape. The yeah. NFL people, the talking heads, the, the you know the Stephen A. Smiths, who shouldn't be talking college football in any capacity, but these motherfuckers look at the stats first. And when you see, okay, motherfucker, through three games, you got eight catches. It looks bad. Yeah. You're a number one receiver, a number two receiver, and you got a handful of catches. Your quarterback probably got 200 yards passing. You know, like, nobody's flourishing in this offense. Nobody. Like, everybody is equally I or not eating at all. And Mm -hmm. so you have no standouts. And I go back to last year when they realized Khalil Herbert was better than they thought because nobody thought Khalil Herbert was going to be what he was. That's when they was like, okay, fuck it. Good. We got somebody. We're going to ride this motherfucker till the wheels fall off. And he was able to get himself drafted in the third, fourth round, something like that. But it's like, it's like when these offensive coaches find something, it's like, okay, well, this is what we <laughs> Exactly. But the problem the is offense. there's there's nothing in here. There, the, you know what I mean. There's nothing in here that they can do for that. Like for this year, nobody's yeah, gonna just there is no carry Khalil the, Herbert to lean exactly. on exactly save you. There is no Jerry Evans to. It's like they find something and just lean. Okay, this is the offense. <laughs> it's the Jerry Evans show. Right. It's the Khalil Herbert show. Hey, you like know, I think they were. I think they were banking on the possibility that Braxton Burmeister could be that. But and I think they're real. I think they realized very quickly that it's not going to happen. And now they're just yeah. trying to not, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so they're trying to like, mitigate, they're trying to keep Braxton Burmeister from fucking dying because they got nothing, nobody behind them. And they know damn well that offensive line is a problem on the right side. On the left side is fine. The right side is a big problem. But you know what I mean? Like, that's problems for Braxton Burmeister. And the thing about the offensive line, just like every unit on the team, it seems like, is they're one injury away. That's every unit on this team. Probably besides running back, because we got 19 of them. But <laughs> every other unit on this team is one injury away from being ass, not average, ass. Mm-hmm. You got starting level players at the at the top, they're James Mitchells. The Silas Jansies. And then once one person gets hurt, the whole unit is ass. And that goes back to recruiting. And that goes back to who you let go into the transfer portal and who you allow to walk away from the team. And when you use your transfer portal to bring in players, you bring in Johnny Jordan from Maryland, who was a center, but you already had Brock Hoffman playing center. Right. You should have been looking at a right tackle instead of having to bring somebody my age back to play right tackle. Yeah, or but, just keep the guys that could have played tackle on the team rather than let them go to the transfer portal. 
and then there's that. And then you, and you have a Doug Nestor who was a guard but could kick out and play tackle if need be in a pinch, not – right. In that in that yeah, game, right. in that West Virginia game, he could have kicked out to that right tackle and played it at the end of the game. Right. And and been a hell of a lot more serviceable mm-hmm. than your starting center playing right tackle. Like I understand they say vice. Shout out to Vance Vice. We about to start getting on your ass too, bro. Cause this shit is on you too. But Vance Vice and his offensive staff prides themselves on cross-training these offensive linemen that they know every position and all of that. That didn't look like the case this Saturday, last Saturday. Mm-hmm. They didn't look cross-trained at all. Rock Hoffman is like a fish out of water playing tackle. And that's that's normal. <laughs> that's normal, but I'm he's saying... Not supposed to, he's not supposed to look like good playing that position yeah, at all but, but the staff maybe this was just a fucking lie has once said they want everybody cross-trained and you know they rotate and everybody's doing other shit ain't that why Hudson and Nestor left right because they wanted to be more strict in their position playing so but, but I mean what are, the, you know, I, don't, I don't know if that's the real reason why they left but we're just fans we're just speculating I mean, that's what they said but yeah I mean, that's what they said. I'm mm-hmm. not going they would know better than me. But we're gonna talk about the Richmond game a little bit later. But if Janzy can't play against Richmond, I don't think we need if he can play, still don't play him because it's not important. Right. Uh, we'll definitely we'll definitely look better versus Richmond, I would hope. But um Get Jansy ready for Notre Dame, if if that's possible. Like, fuck this Richmond game. Yeah, I like, mean, you got three weeks till the Notre Dame game, so just sit him and let him, you know, get healthy. Yeah. Let him get his life together. Let him get his foot, his ankle together, whatever the case may be. And uh, we're we going to go from there. Is there any positives before we move on into all the fucking lies that we did last week? Is there any positives you can take from this game outside of they forward? Because from, from the offensive side, from just the game, the game in general, whether it, whether it be coaches, um, whatever. I, I, the big one for me is Tavion Robinson. I like this game a lot, and I think uh, I think we need to give him more chances. Like if you see Tavion Robinson in single coverage, give him a chance to go get the ball. Yeah. Tavion a chance. Like, I'm okay with seeing, you know, if I see Tavion Robinson in single coverage, quarterback throws the pass, and the DB makes a hell of a play and gets an interception, like, I'm fine with I that. I live with it. I, I live, live with it. that. But, like, the fact that there's – we don't see that. Like, just give him more chances. I feel like he's – I feel like he's great and um, deserves more of a spotlight uh, because I feel like he can play at the next level, but he just needs the, the, the volume of targets because, like you say, man, if you're a scout and you're looking at – his numbers, like nothing's popping out to you. You might not even give him a look. You know what I mean? So um, he's got like for this season, he's got eight receptions from 90 yards, not even over a hundred yet. And a lot of that is due to, you know, how much he gets targeted. So eight catches on the season and we play middle Tennessee state, a North Carolina team that just gave up a million pass yards to UVA and a West Virginia team. Let's be clear in the big 12. Fuck a conference. West Virginia ain't good. 
Yeah, exactly. That's not – we haven't played a good defense all season. And nobody's put up any kind of numbers before we got in the, you know, deep in the conference play. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, But if I could take a positive from this game, and the generic thing is they kept fighting. They kept fighting. And that's good. Because you don't want a team that quits. You don't want a team that quits. But – I think I, I'm, I like I'm the bounce respect. back from the defense too. After they came out, the flat. bounce back from the defense. I think Dax after that 80 yard touchdown run, um, he got his life together. He was way improved in the second half, and I like what I saw. Um, the tackling was kind of spooky in the first half. It was missed tackles all over the place, but in the second half, everything got tightened up. And I like seeing shit like that. I like to see Jay Ham make adjustments. Mm-hmm. And I like to see, you know, the team play better and respond through adversity. Because I've seen some Fuente teams fold up their tents and call it a night. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that as a positive. I've seen we, way worse. We're gonna use this Richmond game. We're gonna talk about that later, but we're gonna use that game to get better. Winning and losing shouldn't be in the, but then the fucking question. But we're gonna take that game, we're gonna take that West that Richmond game, and we're gonna that's gonna be a glorified practice. Yes. We're and it needs to, to be better. it needs to be a, a, a game where we get into a rhythm on offense, you know. Yes, throw the ball like fucking 60. You know, Eric Kuma tweeted out today, like throw the ball 50 times, let the receivers get into a rhythm. Like yeah. we we need even that. if they're not catching the bit, even even if it looks nasty, right? Just, let's just work on shit. But we're gonna get into that game down a little bit later. And let me before let me just say into, real quick before we before we go, uh, for anybody that says that we shouldn't be showing a lot this game because of Notre Dame, uh, I think that's bullshit. Notre Dame's schedule coming up is Wisconsin this week, Cincinnati next week, then us. Then I think UNC, then Virginia, like they're not going to have time to sit down and look at every play in the fucking Richmond game and look at the routes we were running. Like this is it's it's more for us than it is for them. Like use it to get the wide receivers in the rhythm. That's all I got to say on that. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Keep it a bean. We play Notre Dame like pretty routinely. They know what the fuck we do and what the fuck we want to do. This is like like you said, it's... It's bigger than Eno Brown at this point. Uh, we need to start getting everybody's confidence up. But before we get into these week three and week four lies and predictions and the Richmond game, we got to show some love to Spotify Green Room. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform. You can talk to fans, insides, athletes in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to on here, Duffy Fridays, every day. Share your own experiences. You, you know, it's, it's, it takes all over the place. You got a chance to be featured on some of your, your team's podcasts. You know, it's podcasts being recorded over there, too. So Spotify Green Room, download it for free 
in the iOS app store. So bring your spicy takes, man. Spotify green room. Another bad day for gamblers. <laughs> this, is a bad, bad this is a bad. This is a bad. This is a bad week for you. I did good this week. <laughs> okay, another bad day for me. Anybody that listened to me, and there was a lack of Wawa sandwiches at my house. <laughs> Bro, okay, so let's get it. Let's get into week three results. Nebraska at OU. Drift told the truth. He had Nebraska. <laughs> he had Nebraska close. He said not only that, he said we're gonna be close. He ain't just say, I think it was OU minus 22 or some shit. Yeah. He had it close, and that turned out to be the case. I did not watch any of that game. I think I was watching the tech game, so yeah. I didn't get to see any of that game, but it's funny because that was like the big noon Fox game. And I, I yeah, with the big noon kickoff. Yeah. Everybody watched and, the tech um, game over that. And people watched probably the Miami Michigan State game over that as well. Yeah. I lied. I had OU. I said they was going to beat the shit out of Nebraska. That did not happen. Scott Frost sold his soul and uh, made it as spooky as possible. But like I said, I didn't see what happened in the game, but. Something about Oklahoma, like Spencer Rattler, this offense, it's kind of like Clemson, where like they haven't really been clicking like people predicted in the yeah. summertime. So. I mean, the weird thing about it though is Spencer Rattler played in that offense last year. Like at least DJ only played one game. So there's an excuse that, you know, he hasn't found his rhythm yet and he's new. But like, I don't know what the excuse is for Rattler because I feel like his receiving room is better than it was last year and he's got a year under his belt. So. Like what's holding them back? Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard. I I, I think Joe Clatt or somebody said this shit. Not even talking about Oklahoma specifically, but Joe Clatt was saying that uh, it's so many older players in college football, sixth and seventh year players, because of the free COVID year, that the Oklahomas and the Clemsons and the Bamas and the Ohio States are at a bigger disadvantage because they turn over their roster every year. And every yeah. year they're playing lots of young lots I see, of young I players. See what they got their juniors. I see they what got their juniors. Joe Clatt saying <laughs> I want to make I didn't make this up. Joe Clatt said this. Um but Joe Clatt said that that the non football factories, the Clemson's, the Bamas, the Ohio State, because they, they all been looking kind of struggling. You know, not not losing and looking like shit, but like not looking like themselves. And it's because everybody else don't turn over their roster like that, where they got 15 dudes leaving every year right. and they're playing new starters. So with so many fifth and sixth year players around the country, teams like your Iowa's and all of them mm-hmm. are yeah. have a chance, have a better chance against them. Not that they're going to beat them, but they that it's going to be a lot of spooky results like that. And I had never thought of that. Which, yeah, which, before either. we move on to our other last, what would, what, what's your thoughts on Joel Klatt's take on it? I, th- I think it's true. And the reason for that is, I mean, let's just look at Virginia Tech. Like Virginia Tech lost how many players to the draft? Like not that many, a lot of returning players. And that was a big talking point for a lot of fans that, hey, we're getting a lot of returning production. 
uh, a lot of players are returning. But the reality of that was that's how it is for almost every school in the country, except in the case that your whole team is NFL players and they all leave like Bama's and the Bama's and the Ohio State's those teams like all their players for the most part, their best players went to the draft. So now you're stuck and you don't know what to do. The only thing I will say to that, my counterpoint, though, is like. I do think with Ohio State, the problem is CJ Stroud and like because Chris Olave and the rest of the receivers are still there. Like they, they were like the only team that didn't lose a significant amount of talent on the offensive side. So I'm 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 there with the take. I think I need a little bit longer, though, before I'm like 100 percent bought in. But it makes sense when you look at it. Yeah, and, and and Joe Clatt did say that's why it looks like this now. He did say by November, all these teams will be all these teams will be back rolling, looking normal. Mm-hmm. He said right, as of right now, that it's a it's a motherfucker. It's a, it's some tie. It's more than one Tyrell Smith in college. It's some old motherfuckers <laughs> in college right now. Some yeah, of y'all man. motherfuckers need to be looking on Indeed looking for work, but they out here still working. They out here still. Balling, but Nebraska at OU, I lied. Drift told the truth. <laughs> Cincinnati at Indiana. Yeah, I shout out, shout out, shout out, Cincy in this game. Since he was down early and came back, and the G five team on the road, Big Ten team. Uh, I think it was a good win for Indiana for for Cincy. Big win for Cincinnati. I told the truth. Drift, you lied, right? You lied. No, I I, I took Cincy. You told the truth. Okay, so yeah. two truths. Shout out to telling the truth. Michigan State at Miami. This was like my lie of the season. <laughs> I think I'd say Miami's going to beat the shit out of Michigan State. Not only did Miami not win and cover, Michigan State beat the shit out of Miami. <laughs> this was the lie of the week. <laughs> <laughs> the lie of the week. That's our new, we got we to gotta catchphrase that. We have, we have one of those every week. Lies of the week. That is the lie of the fucking week. <laughs> Me taking Miami and expecting them to do anything versus anybody. I've been lying on Miami all year, except for the Bama game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, like, I've been lying. I've been lying. I've been lying about Miami with my whole chest. It's just. <laughs> I think we're just expecting Miami to get good. And it might yeah. not happen. It might not happen until they play tech. Like they, the game that happens is the game that they play tech and they just slaughter us. Right. And I'm, looking at, like a... <laughs> I'm looking at this shit. I'm looking at the score because it was during our game. And I'm just looking at the score like, bro. And I actually bet that game. And I'm like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> I like <sighs> I like those underdogs, man. Like the teams that are the teams that are in like that five, six point spread. Like I feel like you can cash in on some 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 money line plays for those teams. That's why I liked Michigan State in that one. I just thought they were playing well. Another lie. Bama at Florida. I said Bama was going to beat the brakes off Florida. I said if they was favored by 40 points, I would have took it. <laughs> Florida gave Bama a hell game. They gave them all they wanted. But Bama did win the game. Wasn't a lie of the week or nothing like that. But I lied. Bama did not cover. Um, I think you had Florida covering. You told the truth. Yeah, I got. I had Florida covering, but it looked it looked scary at the beginning because it was like twenty one to three. Bama was up. Right. 
right and, and florida bounced back like it's weird to bounce back against bama usually if you're getting your ass kicked by bama if that's it pack your bags you're done for the night but it was kind of interesting to see them like get shit on at first and then come back and make it a game yeah dan muller's a hell of a coach dan muller is another one of these coaches and i i don't i don't be saying this shit lightly like dan muller is also a great x's and o's coach like he he can he's a soul seller he can sell his soul too. He can lock himself up in a room and cook up some shit. Florida's mm-hmm. problem is they're not as talented as you know the elite elite teams. They 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 can beat the shit out of most teams, but once it comes to the Georgia, and I know they beat Georgia last year. That was damn Mullen. Like Georgia could not defend the wheel route last year, even though they were more talented. Uh, shout out to Dan Muller, man. That man is a soul seller. Like he is, he he can scheme. He can scheme his ass off, and he can build his offense around any quarterback. Like he don't need a certain quarterback to prosper. He gonna prosper regardless. Yeah, and this is the second game. Like the last time Florida played Bama, it was a good game. It was I think it was the SEC championship hey. last year. Right. Um, that was a good game. Like Florida was with in it, to- and with a totally different quarterback, Kyle Trask, yeah, who's not totally going nowhere. Exactly. He rebuilt the offense around a quarterback that can't run, that couldn't run at all, and now he got Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson who run a lot and changed the offense again and still gave him a half game. So, exactly. That's Dan, a Dan true Mother offensive mind. That's the offensive. That's the offensive coach and a right. co- quarterback guru. This man put Alex Smith in the league, Dak Prescott in the league, uh, Kyle Trask in the league, and I'm missing. I'm probably missing one. Tim Tebow. Shit. <laughs> Tim Tebow. He put Tim Tebow in the fuck. He put Tim Tebow in the NFL fucking field. And he lasted how many years? <laughs> I think Tebow played four or five seasons. But he yeah. got him first round. He got him first round. Yeah, and he could barely throw the football. <laughs> and the motherfucker couldn't. He threw the football like it was a golf ball or something. <laughs> He threw the football like it was a shot put or some shit. Yeah. But to get, but but that goes back to what I'm saying. Dan Mullen got all four of those quarterbacks in the NFL and none of them play alike. Exactly. There's like no, there's no mode where like, okay, Dan Mullen needs a, a tall statue. Like he don't give a fuck if you got two left feet and nubs for arms. He gonna get you in the NFL. Like well, he gonna work out something and, and make that shit pop. So Shout yeah. out to Dan Muller, man. Big facts. Back to these lies. Georgia Tech at Clemson. We both lied <laughs> here. We both we both out. <laughs> that game was enlightening delay for like five hours. I think I said that I would have taken Clemson at like minus 45. <laughs> I'm gonna blame the lightning delay. I hope ain't nobody put no money on that shit. I'm, <laughs> I'm blaming the lightning delay. I, that that's I plead the fifth over there. I blame the lightning <laughs> delay because Clemson gonna get it together eventually. But right now they got some real. I don't know. Yeah, they got some shit to iron out, man. Because usually, like usually when Clemson lo- loses one of these games or barely wins one of these games, because they do it every year, yeah. it's they, they usually score up. way. Yeah, they score way more points though. Like it's never this low scoring. You know what I mean? Like this is like a fourteen yeah. to eight game. Like what the fuck, I've never seen that. I haven't seen that in forever. So, 
against yeah, the Georgia think, Tech defense. Georgia Tech didn't they just let up like fucking seventy points to Clemson last year when they played them? Yeah, and I think David Hill had a stat where like through three games, Florida State has sixty nine points, and that's like ass. But Clemson has sixty six. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that, bro. Imagine how much we'd be rioting if Virginia Tech had less points than fucking Florida State right now. Right. It and it, it was a it was a crazy stat David Hill had. It was like, okay, Florida State got sixty nine, uh, Clemson had sixty six. I think Miami got less than that, and it's only three Power Five teams that's worse than that. So and, I let you know. Yeah, what and one of them is one of them is Clemson. I mean, not Clemson. Uh, Kansas. And like, one of them is Kansas. Yeah, I so, saw that tweet earlier today. It was fu- it was wild. Yeah. So the so the ACC offensively is looking hella challenged. Maybe uh, <laughs> yeah. UNC and UVA got good offenses, but the rest of this shit looks nasty. Yeah, the coastal offenses are garbage. I think Wake Forest offense is actually pretty solid. Yeah, shout out Wake Forest. Auburn at Penn State, the whiteout game. I told the truth. Um, I had I had I had Penn State covering. They took care. They took care of that business for me. Yep, I had them. Sadly, too. I put no money on that one, so I should have actually bet that with my real money and got some of my wild wild money back. Fucking with these <laughs> other motherfuckers, I was de- I was defeated by the end. I was tired. I had took my ills for the day, but uh, I told the truth. Did you tell the truth on this? Yeah, I had Penn State on the, in this game as well, but I was I was really close to taking Auburn, so good thing I went Penn State. Hey. Yeah, the th- yeah, Auburn's one of the funny ass teams. You don't know when Auburn's gonna show up. Yeah, every time you're ready to throw like Auburn in the trash can, like they show up, mm-hmm. they beat somebody or they do some shit. UVA at UNC, which turned out to be the game of the week. If anybody had been watching Saturday night ACC Network, this game was a fireworks show. Uh, who would have thought Brandon Armstrong was good? I, yeah, for real. Who made some fucking throws? That that receiver Dontavian Wicks from UVA. Let me put some respect on Dontavian Wicks' name. Bro is nice. Let me say that. He ain't no Josh Downs. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Josh Downs is the best receiver in the ACC. I feel confident saying that. That man had like two. I would, I would yards. agree. I would agree. I think uh, they got to a point where they was all just cheap shotting them, like like fuck it. Let's yeah, that was him. wild. That was wild. That was a fucking pure cheap shot, middle of the field, and the ref is standing right next to it too. They said, "Fuck it, let's just kill him because <laughs> we can't do. Sh- we can't stop him. Take him out of the shit. game." Joey Blunt, Joey Blunt is yapping at Josh Downs after every eighty yard catch, and I'm like, "Why in the fuck are you talking?" Like, <laughs> Why are you yapping at? And he got hurt, Joey Blunt. He got hurt. He fucked his arm up or something. Shout out to him. Well, God bless him. I, it looked bad. But, bro, if you give up 200 yards as a unit, not individually, but if y'all as a unit gives up 100 yards and one half to a player, shut the Just get back in the fucking huddle, man. What are you talking? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Shut the fuck up. But shout out Joey Blunt, man. I hope you speedy recovery <laughs> and last but not least uh virginia tech at west virginia that was a fucking lie we both had virginia tech uh winning the game that game was basically a pick em. uh mm-hmm. we lied 
more. <laughs> yeah, I, I lied on this podcast, and then I ended up just betting on West Virginia. Like I put my I'm glad out. I'm glad they don't allow us to bet Virginia Tech in this state. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if my mental health, I don't know if my mental health could last me betting hokey games. Yeah, that's why um, you bet against bet against them in big games. So you win or you win. You either make money or you or you, or you get the win. <laughs> yeah, well they don't they don't allow us to legally bet any UVA or Virginia Tech game. So I'm pussy. I do everything legally. I don't do shit illegal. Uh, week four. <laughs> Let's get these lads off. Let's get these lads off, man. Week four. Starting with the big noon kickoff game. Notre Dame, Wisconsin. I want to say Soldier Field. I know it's in Chicago. I'm yeah, it is. Soldier Field. It's Soldier Field. Uh, you were just at Soldier Field last week, wasn't you? Uh no, I was I didn't I didn't actually go to the game. I was in I was in uh Chicago, but I was at a bar. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. So you just went to Ticket, Chicago. Yeah, tickets were too expensive, so I just went to like a, a Bengals bar in Lincoln Park, which is northern like North Chicago. Okay, what was Chicago like? I never been. It, oh, it's a beautiful city. I was born in uh in West Chicago, but um I like it there. The the downtown is beautiful. The there's a river that runs straight through and like it's the big skyscrapers right on the water. If you go during the nice weather, it's cool because you walk around. There's a lot of parks and shit. So I would recommend going to Chicago and catching some sort of sport sport game while you're there. It's a big, big, uh, big pro pro sport area in general. They support everything, baseball, basketball. They're big in all that shit. They don't really like college sports as much as other cities, though. Yeah, Chicago is like a Notre Dame, like you'd be surprised. Actually, a lot of a lot of Michigan, a lot of Michigan and Iowa. A lot of Michigan and Iowa, okay. But the biggest, I mean, where the closest is Notre Dame, right? Like the oh, closest, yeah. Major- Notre, Notre Dame or Northwestern. Northwestern's in the city. Oh, Northwestern, but if you a football fan, I don't think people grow up Northwestern fans yeah, like yeah. in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, they probably Notre Dame fans. It's Notre Dame, yeah. But Notre Dame, but when you get to major cities, like Notre Dame, got to be popping. Like it can't be like shitty Notre Dame. They probably don't. Chicago probably don't live or die with Notre Dame, but when they right. pop in, it's a Notre Dame city. Exactly. Anyways, yeah. number 12, Notre Dame versus number 18, Wisconsin. Neutral site, Soldier Field at noon, which means it's probably, what, 11 a.m. their time? Yeah. Yep, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Okay, that's early. Hell. Fox, it got some terrorists working there. 11 a.m., for Wisconsin Notre Dame, um, who you got? Who you got? Um, spread spreads Wisconsin. what six and a half for Wisconsin? Yes, I believe six and a half for Wisconsin. Uh, I'm just going with that. I think I'm gonna go with the six and a half for Wisconsin. I think this is a game that uh, Notre Dame kind of falls, and we we see them for who they are. I think they've been skirting away from some pretty bad losses and getting lucky recently. I think they should have lost to Toledo and the Purdue game is way closer than it should have been. Also their game against Florida state looks like shit. Now that Florida state's dog shit. So uh, I'm taking Wisconsin against the spread. I'm taking Notre Dame. I'm taking Notre Dame. And I think this is the Jack Cone. Fuck you parade. (laughs) You taking uh, you taking Notre Dame straight up or against the spread? I'm taking Notre Dame minus whatever. 
Notre Dame's gonna beat the shit out of Wisconsin. So That's money line, up. money line, Notre Dame. Money line, Notre Dame. Right. I got Notre Dame winning the game. Um, Jack Cone has waited his whole life for this one. Wisconsin went with Graham Mertz over Jack Cone, and um, Graham Mertz ain't even nothing special. Yeah, it it he he has been struggling, so I'm interested to see how he plays this game. Notre Dame's defense think Jack is good. Cone, if Jack Cone got a game in him, he has any good game in him, he was saving that motherfucker for this one. I'm I taking agree. Notre I'm taking Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame wins by two touchdowns. Okay, is that our lie of the week? <laughs> <laughs> Future. Future lie of the week. <laughs> At the end of our picks, we're gonna pick which day. Like That's gonna be the lie of the week. Not even the fact that I got Notre Dame. Jack Cohn is gonna proceed to have the worst game of his life and get benched. That's gonna be the lie of the week. Lock that shit in. Yeah, next week. Mizzou. <laughs> Mizzou at Boston College. Mizzou is favored one and a half. It's basically a pick 'em. Yeah. No Phil Dracovic. Um, who you got? And basically just toss up. Yeah, it's a weird game because BC doesn't have Phil Dracovic, but uh, it's kind of weird territory for SEC to go to, like going to Boston for a game. You know, right. I, I think Boston College is coached well. I think they got a good defense. And I think Mizzou is kind of one of the worst teams in the SEC right now. So I think I'm going to go with Boston College in this game. Straight up money line. I'm also taking Boston College. It's something about going up to Chestnut Hill. Yeah. It's always weird as fuck up there. Like, when you're not used to going up there like a 10 night Mizzou, I think they're going to go up there, and um, I think Boston College is going to win the game. They're going to find a way to win the game. I got I Boston College as well. Now, New Hampshire plays Pitt. How bad is doing? The, there's not even a – uh, a spread for this. We're doing ACC games this week. We're getting more and more in the ACC uh, territory. At the, at the, the ACC territory. We're going to try to keep away from the, the wonky shit that goes on west of the Mississippi. New Hampshire at Pitt. Pitt is coming off a loss where they lost to Western Michigan. Uh, when people was thinking Pitt was going to actually be a, a factor out here, they beat Tennessee then they lost to Western Michigan. How bad is Pitt going to beat New Hampshire? Uh, I'm saying 45-plus. 45-plus. Yeah. I think Pitt is going to beat them by 30. Okay. I think Pitt will beat them. I think this has got to be Pitt's bounce-back week. I mean, after losing to Western Michigan last week, like you got to bounce back this week, and I feel like they're going to be pissed off, so they're going to blow them out. Central Connecticut, which I never even heard of this school. So Central Connecticut at Miami. The Eric <laughs> King is listed as questionable. They got other they got other key injuries as well. But Central Connecticut, a school I never heard of until today, at <laughs> Miami. Miami is coming off another shitty performance where they got their ass kicked by uh Michigan State. Albeit Miami should be playing backup quarterbacks, I would assume they would put up 
40 points on these motherfuckers at the very least. Yeah, it's, it's got to be. I feel I feel like it might be more than that. Maybe maybe a 50. 50 bomb. I can't, I can't get these motherfuckers 50 because... They're going to burn you if you give them 50. <laughs> yeah, I can't get these motherfuckers 50. Like, I'm tired of Miami. Like, I've been lying for these motherfuckers for so long. They might fuck around and lose this. <laughs> They probably will fuck around and lose this, but uh, Miami should. I will hope they will beat the shit out of a Central Connecticut because the fuck they would beat the shit out of regular Connecticut, mm-hmm. let alone like half Connecticut. So a real game. Number nine Clemson at NC State. Clemson is favored by ten points. What's gonna um. happen in this game? Uh, so we talked in the pre-show about this, uh, and you were thinking that this is the game that Clemson gets got that NC state might win. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's what you're going to pick, but I'm going to go Clemson against the spread to cover the 10 points. I've never seen them have back-to-back bad games against ACC teams. Um, and so I think they're going to be fine this week. Clemson has made a fool out of me long enough. Um, I'm taking NC State in the points. Um, I think Clemson might ultimately win, but I think they – If they cover that 10-point? I think they cover them 10 points. I think NC State – they also – they lost a game to Mississippi State where NC State going into this uh, ACC season – was the projected number two team in the Atlantic. And um, they have to show that in this game. Nobody's expecting them to win the game. But they got to show me something. They go down there and they lay down. That, if anything, mm-hmm. shows more how bad the whole conference is. If they was to go out there and just lay down versus a Clemson team that ain't really found who they are yet. Right. Yeah, I just think I just think that 10 points, I don't know. I, I, I could see Clemson late game just scoring a couple extra touchdowns and getting above that 10. Yeah. But yes, yeah, I think it's gonna be close for for most of the game. It's gonna be close for most of the game. Maybe Clemson pulls away late just to fuck me, but you know, that's the way <laughs> the game goes, man. That's, that, 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 that just be the way the game goes. Louisville at Florida State. Florida State is 0-3. They lost to a FCS team in Jacksonville State that ain't even in Jacksonville, Florida. Louisville is coming off a win. Louisville is favored by one and a half points. It's basically a toss-up. Who do you have winning this game? I'm going to go Florida State. I think uh, if you look at Florida State's schedule, I think there's like only three maybe maybe three games that they win and i think this is one of them so uh if mike norvell is gonna save his job he's gonna have to save it this week because i feel like if florida state loses to louisville this week he might be gone by next next week so uh just for the sole reason of florida state trying their asses off i feel like it's fsu for me i'm also taking florida state at home yeah mike norvell and i don't know if he's capable of selling his soul but whatever he got to do, whatever rituals he got to perform to get that team to win that game. He's performing. Yeah, he, he is performing it. I don't think he give a shit how it looks. Oh, no. if they went three to if they went three nothing, 
he's going to do whatever it takes to win that game because, like you said, he fuck around to go over four. He yeah. might not make the Miami game. I don't know when they play Miami, but he might not make it to the Miami game. He might be one of these motherfuckers fire early. And I and I follow a lot of Florida State people who say they basically don't have the money to fire Norvell because they're currently yeah. paying Willie Taggart, the coach FAU, and <laughs> other shit. Yeah, but, but Norvell's contract's also fucking massive, too. I think he's got like six years left on his deal. Uh, might be even more. So, so paying two coaches to not coach your team is not good on your bottom line. But uh, sometimes you guys just sometimes you just gotta you gotta bite the bullet. Sometimes you just gotta eat shit. I think yeah. Florida State is gonna save Norville for another week. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be hard for them to fire him unless they just completely lay the egg and like get blown out by Louisville. Or if they lose next week to Syracuse, like that would be really bad because Syracuse is really like the second Syracuse. worst team on their schedule next to UMass. So. Syracuse is definitely yeah. is. Kansas at Duke, which would be fire in March. <laughs> <laughs> A fire but, basketball uh... <laughs> game. But uh, in, 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 in October, September, October, no, nobody's trying to see this shit. Uh, Duke is 16-point favorites. And Duke being double-digit favorites over anybody is nasty as hell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this game is too easy for me. Like, I'm going Kansas plus 16. I like, got so many points for Duke to score. And I feel like Duke is garbage, so I'm going. I'm going Kansas plus sixteen. They're, I think I'm going. I think they I'm going Kansas. Duke can't whoop nobody <laughs> but us. Duke. <laughs> Duke talking about a Duke team capable. that lost to Charlotte week one. Duke ain't capable of whooping nobody. I'm taking Kansas. I'm taking mm-hmm. Kansas. Kansas might fuck around and win that bitch. But uh, I'm, def- I'm definitely taking care. I'm- Duke ain't covering shit. Duke could, Duke couldn't cover a sandwich with Duke's mayonnaise. They can't <laughs> shit. They fuck no. Give me Kansas all day. Yeah, I'm in for that one. North Carolina number twenty one Tar Heels at Georgia Tech. North Carolina's coming off a game where they finally found out who they were as an offense. Uh, they finally putting their offense together. Sam House hitting stride. They tried to kill Josh Downs, but he's looking like the best receiver in the conference. They did Ty, Ty Chandler. Their running game is coming together. Yep. Georgia Tech had a great showing versus a Clemson team trying to figure their life out. But Georgia Tech is not a good team. Uh, Carolina's 12 and a half point favorites. Are they covering? Oh, I think I'm taking UNC to cover the spread. I don't think Georgia Tech is going to repeat their performance back-to-back weeks. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think for me it's it's definitely going to be UNC to cover that 12 points. 12 points is only two touchdowns, and they beat UNC, They beat Virginia last week by 20 points. So They put up damn near 60. Right. Yeah, yeah, damn near 60. If, if they're capable of giving UVA damn near 60, they're damn sure capable of giving Georgia Tech ass damn near 60. Yeah. I got UNC uh, covering. You can add another 
10 on that motherfucker. They gonna get you, they gonna get Georgia Tech uh 95 fucking points. You can believe that shit. Georgia Tech, uh that's a valiant effort you did against Clemson, albeit it was lightning delays and all kinds of other goofy shit going on, but you had a valiant effort, but you lost. And uh now Georgia Tech comes back down to earth. Uh, mm-hmm. North Carolina beats the shit out of them. Last but not least, the Richmond Spiders, the fighting Todd McShays at Virginia Tech. Um, is there even a spread for this game? Fuck no. And I'm glad there is no spread because Virginia Tech will find a way to lose against the spread. Um, there may be on some, some places, but... Let me see if I can find it. Uh... If because I want to see what how much they'd go. Probably, yeah, no, probably thirty, probably no. thirty-five or some shit. If that's the case, but uh, yeah, no, nah, it's not. There's no spread. What? What do you want to see? We kind of touched on this earlier, but what do you want to see Saturday versus Richmond? Uh, rhythm, 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 rhythm. Get the ball out. Uh, get the offense moving. Show me some life from the offense. Like, like make me make me want to believe that we're better than I think we are on offense. Like, that's I want to be lying next week thinking we're gonna beat Notre Dame. Like, give me something. That's what I'm looking for. Throw the ball 50 times if you have to. Just do something. I feel the same way. I feel I feel the same way. I, it, cut cut it loose. Cut it loose, like you said. Take the training wheels off. Take the goddamn training wheels off. Even if you showing Notre Dame, oh shit, they got some. Fuck all that. We don't play Notre Dame until October the third or fourth or some shit. Yeah. Um. So after this week, we have a bad week. Let's go into that bad week. You know, confidence up. Our receivers is feeling good about themselves. They got some touchdowns. They got some stats. That bird, that bird might to have some stats. He feel good about. Right. Get some confidence on offense. Get some confidence on offense. Fuente had a quote where he said, uh, "Richmond has a good defensive line. They got some players that could play for us." <laughs> that's nightmare fuel, man. That's not that's not what I wanted to hear at all. I don't want to hear no shit. I know a coach is something. We supposed to praise them. Listen, man, I don't want to hear that shit. Because mm-hmm. easy to say that our talent level is comparable to theirs. <laughs> oh man, he's saying that they got motherfuckers that's better than ours. Either way, come on. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't fucking like it. I don't like that shit at all. Um, I want to see Amari Barno get his nuts back. This is what yes. I want to see. Yes. Even if he pad his shit and he gets four sacks and he gets four and a half sacks against Richmond. I don't yeah. give a fuck what they do got Todd McShay playing quarterback. I want to see the that, interior defensive line get moving too. I feel like the interior defensive line last week didn't do a whole lot. The Kendricks and Powell. I want to see. I want to see Jordan Williams and Fuga and Kendricks and Powell. I want to see the interior D line feast. Yes. I want to see them feast. I don't want to see them be able to do shit running the ball. Um. I want to see Amari Barno get his swag back, and I want to see the offense put points up at will. I want to see them put the points up at will. Fuente said we're not built to blow the doors off no teams. 
this motherfucker lasts so much. I hope that was a lie too. Because <laughs> if he ain't confident that we could blow our Richmond, fire this motherfucker yesterday. That's Yo. crazy. That's hopefully he was just trying to hype up Middle Tennessee State and make us make them feel like, oh, you know, they're good, even though they're not. Hopefully he was lying, doing what he normally do until the lie. And um who knows what that motherfucker is. <laughs> <laughs> we're over here, we're over here, lie, we're over here hoping that his truths are lies and that his bad truths are lies. <laughs> right. Because when that motherfucker get to tell you the truth, you'd be like, Jesus, shut the fuck, <laughs> shut up, bro. <laughs> like, why couldn't you lie today? Why you like when he t- when he lied, it pissed me off. But when he tell the truth, it pissed me off worse. <laughs> oh, the way it is about this motherfucker, man. I might I'm be right just there. jaded. <laughs> uh, I'm right there too. So, how much does Virginia Tech win by this week? Thirty-five. Put me down for thirty-five. <laughs> Okay, I'll take... Put me down for 35. I'll take Tech for uh, for 40. I'll do 40. I hope so, man. This motherfucker versus FCS. I don't know, man. Fuente got this thing with, his, with these in-state schools. Yeah. He done lost to all of them but Richmond. It's Like, he do. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine fucking next week we come back? Listen, if he lose the Richmond, man, you we got a bad week coming. <laughs> I would hate. Shout out Billy Ray Mitchell, Dumby Fridays alone. But bro, <laughs> if we lose to Richmond, bro, Billy Ray, you might want to deactivate your account for a couple weeks, my boy. They gonna be on your ass. You hear me? They gonna be on your ass, my boy. So let's hope they win by 40, 50. We make this a stress-free week. Because yeah. if you thought this shit was flagged this week because of West Virginia alone, oh, <laughs> <laughs> they might be burning shit in his yard. He <laughs> fuck around and lose this bitch. <laughs> you might have blow these motherfuckers out. I know that, but don't even struggle with these people. Cause that's gonna feel like a loss too. Just go ahead and beat the shit out of these boys, man. Get out of there. Let's try to have less injuries. Don't play Silas Jancy, even if he 100%. Let that man rest. Uh, fuck you. Play Brock at right tackle. I don't care, man. <laughs> yeah. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do to get out of there healthy. Gain confidence. And <clears throat> go into the uh, Notre Dame game focused, prepared, and ready to sell your soul. But that's it for Don V Fridays, man. Thank you for tapping in. Yes, sir. Uh, we got some things in the works. Uh, bad week. We, we might throw a little something, something together for y'all on bad week. Depends on how things is flowing and going. Anything you got to say to the people before we log out? Uh, yeah, I think the uh, lie of the week is uh, Notre Dame money line. So <laughs> that, that Jack Cone. <laughs> Jack Cone. Jack Cone's going to come out and uh, get benched. Something crazy. There is a lie of the weekend here somewhere. I don't know if it's going to come from me or Vito. We'll find out. But uh, thanks for listening. It's, it's gotta... definitely going to be from me. <laughs> I've been lying. I've been lying all year. Yeah. I have my ass off. But uh... <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, Virginia Tech plays well this week. We got better, more positive note next week. Yeah, we need a positive note next week. Uh, 
Oh, like I like I've been saying, man. We 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 thank the fans. Uh, without y'all, this shit ain't possible. All the response we get, the mentions, the DMs, all the, the all the bros over yeah. at TP three, constant like people showing mad love every day. Shout out to the bros over at TP three. Uh, all our supporters, things like that. Um, but till next week on bye week. Uh, God bless. <laughs>